Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Kotlikoff. He's a Boston University economics professor, president of Economic Security Planning, and co-author of a new book called Get What's Yours, The Secret to Maxing Out Your Social Security. Welcome to the show, Larry. Great pleasure to be with you. Uh, in addition to what I just said, just give a little bit of background on your uh, training and, and background uh, before writing this book. Well, I'm a, um, an economist, as you mentioned, and uh, I went to the University of Pennsylvania for college, and I went to Harvard for graduate school. And I got out in about 1977, and I uh, <clears throat> was at UCLA for uh, three years on a postdoc, and I taught at Yale for four years with a year at the Council of Economic Advisors working for the, um, for the government. And then I came to Boston University, and I've been here ever since. So I've, and I've, I work on a lot of different topics from health care to taxes to um, savings and uh, life insurance and uh, social security for sure, personal finance, but also things like Greece and the euro and uh, uh, telecom. So I, I'm all kind of all over the place. Okay, <laughs> very good. A lot of interesting stuff in economics. And then what was the particular reason to do this book, Get What's Yours, about Social Security? I mean, you'd think the Social Security Administration has it pretty well figured out and they've got their website. Why was there a need for a book to explain Social Security? Well, the um, the reality is that people don't actually um, uh, realize that the system's got 10 benefits, not just one benefit, your retirement benefit, that um, the system is enormously complicated. It's probably the most complicated system any any set of human beings could have devised in terms of the rules. So you have the primary saving system for the entire public, and nobody can understand it, primarily, including the people who work at Social Security. I would say about half the time they're giving incorrect advice uh, over the phone or just have no, you know, tell you exactly the wrong thing about what's available to you or what your rights are. I mean, I've just I've had cases where somebody called five times, spoke to five people, the wrong answer each time. She went into the local office, got two people, including a supervisor, to tell her exactly the wrong thing. Then I finally called the the head of the local office, who knew nothing about the issue, which was in in this case was suspending the ability to suspend your retirement benefit at full retirement age and started up again at seventy at a thirty-two percent higher level. He knew nothing about it. He was the head of the office. And uh, I said, well, uh, you know, the head of uh, Social Security, uh, the chief actuary, Steve Goss, certainly knows about it. So why don't you guys find out about it? And he called me back in about 10 minutes. He said, you're absolutely right, and we're going to retrain our staff, and we're going to fix things up with this lady who had um, originally called me. And I, I was sure that at least the people at the office knew what they were talking about. But this is happening all the time. You cannot trust Social Security to tell you, Anything that's correct, I would say at least 40% of the time they're giving you dead wrong answers or partly wrong answers. You want to tell Social Security what to do, not ask them. And since I have been developing personal financial planning software through my company for uh, decades, I've got a a company on the side, and we have a program called Maximize My Social Security at MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. We're able to, um, I knew all these rules, and in the course of uh, 
playing tennis with one of my co-authors, Paul Salmon, who's a PBS NewsHour economics correspondent. I made Paul $50,000, you know, in a break during tennis because he knew nothing about spousal benefits. Another friend, I made $120,000 in the course of about a minute or two because he knew nothing about widower benefits. I made another friend about $20,000 through child benefits he knew nothing about. So it dawned on me and Paul and uh, our other co-author, Phil Muller, that it's time to write a basically a, a, a Bible here of Social Security, how to, how to get what's yours, but to do it in a way that's fun so that people, people don't get you know, put to sleep. So that's what we did. We wrote, um, I think, an amusing book, but also one that's full of content about how to, uh, how to get everything you paid for, but also how to avoid the horrible traps that Social Security has laid to keep people from getting what they, um, what they contributed for. So say you, you read the book and you see something, and then you go to your local Social Security office, and uh, they tell you something that's wrong. How, how, I mean, it's nice to have you as their advocate and be able to talk to Chief Adkery, but most people can't do that. What are you supposed to do, bring the book and show them this and say this is correct and, and you have to overrule everything you know? How should people deal with the Social Security Office getting that? something wrong? Yes. Well, in the limit, they can certainly email me at my address, which is kotlikoff at gmail.com, and we will make sure that they're not mistreated by the system. And we, you know, we'll, we'll send them the actual provision and the rules, uh, the regulations, which is called the Program Operating Manual System. There's probably two to 300,000 rules that wow. um, <laughs> the, staff, the staff, a lot of the staff are new. They were undertrained. They're underpaid. They turn over a lot. But they're absolutely, you know, the thing that upsets me is that these people are dead sure they're right. And they're arrogant about what they know and what they don't know. So... Yeah. And they treat people, in some cases, you know, poorly because they think that these people don't understand the rules when they actually do and the staff are wrong. So you don't want to be asking social security question, any questions whatsoever. You want to be telling them what to do. The other thing we discovered in the course of making our software is that social security isn't get even, it's not even estimating your benefit correctly. You would think that they'd be able to do that, right? That's yeah. pretty simple. Like your retirement benefit? But they make wacky assumptions. For example, they assume there's never going to be any inflation in the future. They assume that there's never going to be any real wage growth um, in the economy ever again in the future. And they assume that whatever you're earning today, you're going to earn right through full retirement age. Now, these assumptions can lead, depending on your age, to underestimates by 20%, overestimates by 20% of your benefit. You could be way off either way. And if you're trying to choose a strategy for you and your spouse, uh, this is um, not a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. This is going to give you the wrong. So what we do in our software is actually undo Social Security's benefit estimates. We reverse engineer them and make sure, and then we recreate the right estimate so that we have the right number for people. Do you put in certain assumptions, like on inflation and wage growth? That, we just I mean, use the, the assumptions that the trustees, which are uh, the people overseeing the system, are making about future inflation, future I wage see. growth. But and those assumptions are not played into the estimates? Those assumptions are not in the Social, Security, Social Security's calculators. They're assuming what they're trying to do is lowball the estimates in order to get people to save more on their own. Well, that has some, you know, the, the idea is to systematically lie to the public so that then they can... Um, um, 
you know, uh, do something the government wants them to do. Uh, it's trying to scare them to say you're not going to get that much from Social Security, so save on your own, basically. Exactly. And, uh, you know, to be fair to them, the system is 33% underfinanced, according to the trustees' report that just came out last week. So the system is broke, and something's going to have to give. I don't think it's going to be on the benefit side. I think it'll be on the tax side. But nonetheless, uh, we've got a big, big issue right now. Uh, so let's just let's talk about that a little bit. Thirty-three percent is a big number, but what what is the cash flow situation of Social Security going forward here? When does it cross over? When they're going to have more money being paid out than coming in, and when does it get to a crisis point? If nothing were to change, it's at a crisis point now. The thing is, um, you need to raise taxes immediately and permanently by a third today to pay for the benefits that are coming due through time that they've promised to pay through time. If you wait a year, that uh, tax hike gets bigger. If you wait ten years, it's even bigger. So the longer we wait, the more people my age and your age get out from under having to pay higher payroll taxes and the more our kids have to pay. So it's a zero-sum game, generationally speaking. The Detroit pensions were 20% underwater, underfunded, when, they, when Detroit went uh, bankrupt. Social Security is in far worse shape than Detroit. The rest of the U.S. fiscal enterprise cannot bail out um, Social Security because Overall, the U.S. fiscal system is about 58% underfinanced, which puts, it, puts our entire country in the category of the state of Illinois. I don't know if you've been following. Uh, very bad. Day. Yes, yes. I mean, and in the Illinois case of Detroit, when they went bankrupt, didn't they give a huge haircut to the pensioners, like they got 10% of what they were expecting or something like that? Uh, I don't, they were talking about a 40%, 20, 40% cuts. I'm not sure how it ended up, but... I believe they did take a haircut also on medical benefits. Yes. And I think this is one of the, um, you know, what you have here is fraud that's uh, reminiscent of um, the Madoff scandal, the, the Alan Stanford scandal. You Some have. people have called Social Security a Ponzi scheme. You think there's, nothing, there's something to that, actually? The whole fiscal enterprise for the last six decades in the country has been running as a Ponzi scheme. We're taking from young people, giving to old people, telling young people, don't worry, we're calling this taxes, but when you're old, you're going to get big transfer payments in exchange for these things we're calling taxes. So don't complain about them. And uh, as a result of that choice of language, none of these obligations to pay benefits to people in the future are on the books as official debt. So this has been a, a way to keep all the liabilities off the books, the, the language choice. And then, in addition, we don't have enough kids coming along, earning enough money to cover these obligations. So there's only so much that you can take from, from a kid to pay a grown-up, and that's mm -hmm. 100% of what they earn. And we're not there yet, but that's the direction we're heading. So you do so, think Social Security taxes will go up dramatically to, to cover this uh, liability? I think the taxation of Social Security benefits will go up. I think taxes in general are going to have to go up. Revenues are going to have to go up. And there may be some reduction in benefits gradually through time. Uh, increase in retirement age. Uh, they may start. Um, well, Means testing, things like that? Well, there are means testing the benefits already through the income tax, but they might increase that to an even greater extent. 
that would change the basics of Social Security, which is an insurance program, into a welfare program, basically, right? Uh, yes, it would. Uh, well, yeah, and I think uh, the system is already a welfare program for a lot of people. I mean, the system has got so many crazy uh, degrees of types of unfairness going on that, you know, you, you could say it's a, a welfare program already for millionaires who have trophy wives who stay at home and never, pay, never uh, work a, a moment of their life. They can get more spousal benefits and widow, or, and widow benefits than somebody who works at McDonald's her entire life and pays taxes month after month. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. you know... That's welfare for the rich. So this system has been set, was set up by old white guys in the 50s and 60s in many ways in a, uh, to uh, help themselves to, um, uh, to, to government money. And it's highly sexist. And, and, you know, and initially it was born in sexism in the sense that there were provisions that were available for women but not for men. But in addition, it was only for the good women, the women that behaved themselves, the wives who stayed married for 10 years at least, they could get divorcee benefits, and the, the wives who waited till sixty to get remarried, they could get divorcee uh, widow benefits. But so, if you look at the provisions that are still in law today, they are uh, even though the system has been, because of the Supreme Court decision that Ruth Bader Ginsburg forced forced through. She was a Supreme Court justice uh, now, but she, at that time uh, she was a lawyer and uh, she tried a case in front of the Supreme Court. She forced Social Security's laws to become sex-neutral, but the actual force of those laws is still highly sexist and yep. because women are lower earners than men. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Katlikoff. Uh, his book is called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. There's a website for this, which is MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. 
Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Kotlikoff. He's the co-author with Phil Moeller and Paul Solman of a new book called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. There is a website related to the book, which is MaximizingMySocialSecurity.com and also GetWhatsYours.com with no apostrophe. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's just maximize, not maximizing, but just maximize. My com is the website for my company's software. But the, the book is Get What's Yours and uh, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security Benefits. And that's available at any bookstore, including Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can buy it online if you want. Yeah, very good. All right, well, let's get into something. That you, you begin by saying life's biggest danger isn't dying, it's living. So life expectancy has gone up an awful lot more than when... Social Security was started in the mid-30s, but isn't that taken care of now? I mean, people are expecting longer life, and Social Security is kind of planned for that. Why is it such a big danger that people are living longer? Well, it's, uh, I think, something like 30% of the people that are, of the women who are born uh, this year, for example, any year actually after 1960, are going to live to 100 and we're going to have potentially by the middle of the century up to four million people over 100 years old. So the increase in longevity that people are going to experience and are experiencing already is quite remarkable. And and that that doesn't quite square with the way we kind of think about our future. We're we're very sh- worried about one thing, which is dying. We're worried about. Uh, getting sick, and that leading to death. So the combination of focuses our attention on this bad thing, which is dying. So in order to, since we're probably all super superstitious, we don't want to kind of even think about living a long time because somehow that's going to jinx us into dying early. So we're, we get convinced that we're going to die early. The next thing we do is we go and, uh, go and think about signing up for a Social Security benefit and when we reach age 62, we can start doing that. If we're not working to, and earning too much money, we won't lose any of those benefits through with the Social Security earnings test. But anyway, so a lot of people are taking their benefit as soon as possible, 62, because here's the thinking. If I don't take my benefit, I could die tomorrow and therefore have lost it. So I better take it. Now, if you think about that, that's really completely the opposite of what's logical or what's appropriate in, the, in, in how to think about this. If I don't take my benefit and I die early, let's say I'm 62 and I take my benefit, I'm 66, I don't, and I, I still, still haven't taken it because I'm waiting for 70 to take my retirement benefit when it's going to be 76% higher above and beyond inflation. So here I am waiting, and if I die at 66, oh, gee, 
I'm supposed to regret that I didn't take my benefit early. That's not going to happen because what's going to happen is I'm going to be quickly um, transported to heaven, and I'm not going to need any money. I'm not going right. to have any regrets of any kind. <laughs> the real regret is living on Frisky's cat food when I'm 100. Uh-huh. So we have to think about longevity risk as an insurable thing, just like having our house burned down. And when we think about buying homeowner's insurance, we look at the, the first thing we do is look at the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario in this context is not dying early because then you're in heaven. The worst-case scenario is dying at 100. And having what, to what, percentage of people, what percentage of people do take it at 62, the first moment they're able to do so? Well, it's, uh, I don't know, I have the exact number, but I do know this statistic in my brain, which is that only about 2% of all the American retirees, all the American workers, wait till 70 to collect their retirement benefit. So Social Security is offering this enormous return from waiting, and nobody's, uh, nobody's picking it up, basically. Nobody's taking advantage yeah. of it. So that's one of the first things we're trying to pound into people's heads you guys, as a group, you American workers, retiring workers, 10,000 retiring a day, are screwing this up big time. You've you got your heads wedged. You got your, uh, you're thinking about this entirely wrong about how to, about the so risk. If you're in good health, if you think you're going to last, it really makes sense, if possible, to Even wait until 70. Health, you know, I might have a house that I think is in good health. It's, the chances it's going to burn down are very small. I still buy catastrophic insurance. I still buy full insurance for my house burning down because I only have one house. Yeah. Here, if my chance of, of making it to 100 are quite small because my father and grandmother and so, so forth, sister, all died early, I still have a small chance of a cat- cat- catastrophe, which is making it to 100. That's the financial catastrophe. And so, therefore, I have to insure myself against that by uh, trying to you know, be patient and then getting a much higher stream of income from 70 right through 100. And it's, as I said, 76% higher. So it's not always optimal for everybody to wait till 70. Let me be clear. If you're absolutely sure that you're going to die at 85, then... The well, how can you be sure different. of that? How is that even possible? Well, you might have sure? a terminal, you might have gotten a terminal illness and, and uh, you know, like pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. So Yeah, but you're not going to... Get that at 65 and know you're going to last 20 years. Pancreatic cancer, yeah, you'll right. be gone in a year. You know. Yeah. So if you've, if you've got something terminal and you don't have any, uh, even if you had, ter- even if you at 66 found out that you had terminal cancer, and you were only going to live for two more years, if you're married or if you have an ex-wife uh, who um, can collect a divorcee widow's benefit because you were married for 10 or more years, by waiting to by not taking your own benefits, you can bump up your uh, wife's widow's benefit and your ex-wife's divorcee widow benefits by uh, 8% a year for every year that you wait. So if you make it to, a, to 70 and then you die, having never taken a penny, they're going to get 32% higher widow benefits for the rest of their lives, which could no. be right through 100. So <clears throat> there's not, there are reasons to be patient, but there's also reasons to take benefits early not just about terminal illness, but there are reasons about trying to activate uh, benefits for your children or for your, uh, uh, for your wife. For example, if, if, um, if you take a 61-year-old husband who's retired and the wife is 45 and they have a disabled child 
and she might have been a higher earner, and, but she just decided to stop working to take care of the child. Now, when the, child, when the husband gets to be 62, uh, it may behoove them for him to start his benefit right then and there, even though it's going to be reduced, his retirement benefit, because then the child as well as the wife can collect benefits on his work record. Up to 85% of his full retirement benefits they can collectively collect. And then when he's at full retirement age, he can then suspend his retirement benefit and start it up again at 70 to 32% higher, so uh, higher level. Uh, so this is a case of a husband taking a hit on his own lifetime benefits in order to increase the family's lifetime benefits. Yes. That could be the optimal strategy. Our software, our book discusses these um, alternative strategies. That's called starting your benefits, stopping it, and starting, again, starting it up again. So that's called start, stop, start. And the software actually you know, calculates whether that's the optimal thing to do. In some cases, we have to run you know, 100,000, 200,000 cases to see what's the optimal thing to do because it's that complicated. And most people would not. They just do one thing and never think about it again. And again, to find out about that website, uh, that software, it's MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. You have what you call the three rules to maximize lifetime benefits. The first one is that patience pays. Why is it that patience pays in collecting on Social Security? Well, patience is um, going to deliver a 76% higher retirement benefit if you wait till 70 to collect it than if you start taking it at 62. So imagine that you're sitting there and you're age 70 collecting a 76% higher check for that year and then at, you make it to 80 and you're still collecting this higher check and now you're 90, maybe you're going to 100, and every month you're opening this check that's 76% higher. How good is that going to feel compared to the alternative? That's where patience pays. Uh, the rule two is you have to be aware of all the benefits that are available to you or to your uh, relatives or even your ex-relatives, former relatives, your former spouses. So there's 10 different benefits to be aware of. And we discuss all those. Again, we do this in a very fun way. Uh, I've got two co-authors that are, who have a sense of humor. I'm an economist. I'm not supposed to have one. But they're very <laughs> funny guys. And then the third rule is you have to be strategic because Social Security will has all these minefields that they've laid for people. So if you try and take one benefit at the same time you take another benefit, they will give you just the larger of the two. So one benefit will wipe out the other. But... If you time your benefit collection, so for example, suppose you take your, you wait till full retirement age to take a spousal benefit, and then at 70 you take your own retirement benefit. Then you can get a spousal benefit for four years without sacrificing your retirement benefit at all. It's just like a freebie. Uh, I have a friend who's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've, I made a friend $120,000 as a in terms of widower benefits. His wife had passed away tragically at 58. He's 66. He's having dinner with me. Um, he says um, he's going to wait till 70 to take his retirement benefit. I said, Glenn, do you think you can collect a widow, uh, widower benefit based on uh, Linda's work record? No, no way. I made more money than she did. Glenn, do you think you can do this? No, no way. Glenn, do you think you can do this? I kept at it. He finally said, okay, what am I missing? I said, you're going to pay for dinner. I'm going to make you $120,000 in the next two minutes. He was about to give up $120,000 because he knew nothing about those benefits. And, and Social Security wasn't about to tell him about it either, right? No, 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 no. And they have people that they have screwed over, by the way, and not called, called them up 
and told them we made it. You know, we should have advised you differently, but we didn't. Uh, that's um, so. In, in theory, they were supposed to call him and say you're eligible for this widower benefit. Social Security doesn't really even know that he's married. Doesn't know whether he's that he's a widower. They know nothing about your marital situation. They don't know if you've if you've been divorced, if you're if you have kids, if you have disabled kids. They know nothing. Uh-huh. You have to tell them. So unless you tell them, you just go by, you know, spend four years not knowing about a benefit that you can collect, which in his case is 30000 a year. And his wife had paid for that benefit. It's like a insurance benefit, life insurance benefit yeah. for him and his kids. And all those years of contributing since age 16, 12.3% of her pay, she and her employer, uh, he was about to to get nothing at all back because he just didn't know the rules. And the reason this book, you know, this book is a New York Times bestseller for something like four months in a row now. Uh, It was number five on the bestseller list in its category last week. It's because the 10,000 boomers retiring every day don't know what to do. And word of mouth is spreading that that this thing is going to show them their, in other words, it, it shouldn't take a bestseller for people to be able to, figure out Social Security, but that's the case. It does. Yeah, they have to collect on their benefits, yes. Very yeah. good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Katlikoff. Uh, he has done a book uh, along with Philip Moeller and Paul Solman called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. There is a website, uh, which is MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com and also GetWhatsYours.com with no apostrophe uh, to find out more about the book. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Kotlikoff. 
Uh, he is the author of a new book called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. There is a website uh, which has software to help you understand all these things, which is at MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. There's a website related to the book, which is GetWhatsYoursNoApostrophe.com. And welcome back to the show, Larry. Thanks for having me. So one of the things you say is to be very careful about taking Social Security's advice. We just talked a little bit about the constant wrong advice they're giving. There are other places giving advice in this area. For example, you did a test drive of the AARP calculator. What did you find there? Well, uh, any calculator that's kind of quick and dirty, or quick and easy, can easily be quick and dirty. And I was really appalled by the quality of the um, ARP calculator and wrote a column, a column about it. It's so easy to get uh, the wrong advice as to what to do using that calculator. There's uh, so little information. They're, tr- they're really just trying to give you some very quick idea and then move you on to buying some product that they're selling. And this is not unlike any of the other. I'm not trying to single out ARP. If you go to any of the other um, free online calculators, they, they're designed to, uh, to move you ahead to buy something. And it's also the case for uh, these calculators that are being provided by big uh, mutual fund companies. And you can think about the major mutual fund companies that have calculators. Uh, a lot you were mentioning you know financial with. engines as another place, which is kind of a re- in the retirement 401k space. So financial just, engines and Quicken. We looked at Quicken the other day. They have a calculator, um, and they charge for their calculator. And uh, we weren't getting the same answers out of our calculator. It didn't seem like they they don't deal at all with children or disabled people, disabled children, um, and they don't do any discounting. You know, they're treating a dollar that you earn at receive at ninety is the same as a dollar you get at sixty six or sixty two. Uh, it just doesn't make any economic sense. So uh, they're trying to dummy it down to the point where it's not useful. And yeah. uh, obviously, I've got a conflict of interest here. I've got a software program that sells for forty bucks. Uh, it's been ranked co-ranked number one by the Wall Street Journal. I think it's the number, the top program in terms of accuracy. I would hate to see anybody use anything but it because I, it's not that I care about the extra forty bucks. Um, I'm not. I'm a professor. BU pays me. I don't make money on my company, at least so far. I, I do this to try and help the public and to hire some American uh, engineers. But we are meticulous when it comes to the details of Social Security and, and everything that's in the book, all the details and all the gotchas that we discuss. That's all in the software code too, so that people are not. Um, sent in the wrong direction. And so, so if somebody wants to estimate their benefit and they use your software, which again is at MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com, and they go into, they print it out, go into Social Security and say, this is the real deal, not what you're telling me, is that going to get well, them anywhere? I mean, is that, well, that going to help if them? If you're trying to get an estimate from Social Security, they will give you the wrong, if say you're thinking about retiring in a couple, you know, taking your benefit in three years, Yeah, they could easily be off, um, or even 10 years, whatever, they can definitely be off. Uh, maybe you're in 50 and you're thinking about what, what, what benefit am I going to have. Uh, maybe I'm getting divorced. I want to understand what retirement benefit I'm going to have if I'm on my own. 
they could be understating your benefit by 20%. We won't do that in our software. We're, we will reverse engineer uh, their benefit estimate and, and fix it. Now, so this, will, people get annual Social Security statements from Social Security estimating benefits. You are you saying for the most either. part those are way yeah. off, you're saying? Yeah, they can be way off. They can be miles too, too low, miles too high, or exactly on, the, on target for some cases. If somebody's just, you know, let's say he's 63 and they're uh, going to take their benefits immediately and they're not working, yes, Social Security will get that right. That part they can get right. And, but our numbers will agree with theirs to the penny on that. Uh, so you can't go wrong using our software. It's only 40 bucks, and it's uh, a decision that in some cases, you know, we have an example in the book where doing the right thing, maximizing your lifetime benefits can mean for a high-income household $400,000 more money. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> Yes, indeed, it is. Now, you have a, a chapter you call yeah. The Benefits of Not Retiring. So what, what are the benefits of not retiring? Basically, you get to get the higher benefit because you wait till 70? Or what, what are, are there other benefits of not retiring? Well, you get, you get to raise your own retirement benefit by waiting to collect it. You get to raise your, the widow's benefit or widower benefit for your spouse um, that, or your ex-spouses and your ex-spouses uh, if you were married for 10 or more years to some ex. Uh, you also, uh, if you don't retire in the sense of stop, if you keep working, you have one few year, fewer years to have to support yourself in retirement. For a lot of people these days, retirement can actually exceed their work span, how long they worked. And that's a scary notion. So you have just, you know, a mass number, a massive number of people maybe 30, 40% of the population that's almost exclusively dependent on Social Security for old age income. And if that's the case, they should understand this is their asset. They've got to maximize it. And yeah. if it takes being patient for a couple more years to get something that's going to keep you, you know, at a higher, 76% higher living standard from age 70 on, be patient. Figure out a way to keep working. Figure out a way to you know, uh, uh, use your other savings if you have it to, to wait, to be patient um, in order to get by to, uh, to 70. I mean, probably a lot of people say the reason they're taking it to 62 is they just don't have enough money to survive without it. And their income has gone down or they've stopped working and the only thing they have to survive, they have no, no choice. That's yeah, probably what most people would say. Absolutely no choice. That's, a, that's surely... Um, all you can do, you need to have some money to live on, you need it. Uh, but if you can work longer, if you can um, even take out an equity line of credit on your, you know, refinance your home, if you can use your 401ks um, to get over this hump, uh, and um, you might be able to borrow from a friend or a relative, that's another way to try and... Uh, Anything you can do to delay taking is basically what you're saying. Well, now, it depends. Again, here's the thing: if it, it's in some cases not optimal to delay, if if it means uh, not, if doing so will keep your relatives, your kids, and your spouse or even your ex-spouse from collecting benefits on your work record. So sometimes it's better for certain people to go early uh, in order to get other family members their benefits going. 
For other people, it's better to wait. So it's very individual specific, and it depends yeah. on how old you are compared to your spouse and what your record was, earnings record versus the spouse's work record. Every case is really different. That's why yeah. you need to have a very so- a smart software program to help figure th- things out. It, is the, the software program at Social Security itself accurate? I mean, if you put in these things, uh, these various factors you said, is the end no, result, it, maybe not the people, but is the software itself going to come up with the right answer? The software itself will give you the wrong benefit estimate for many cases. The software itself will tell you nothing about your family benefits or how to optimize over your family because of privacy. They don't, want to, they don't know uh, about your, if you're married. You might have been married for 30 years to your Joe and, and you're married to Ann, and you call up and you want to find out what to do, and you tell them about yourself, and then you start raising Ann. Say, well, they say, oh, we don't know anything about Ann. We can't talk about her. Uh, privacy rules, can, I say. Yeah. Privacy rules come in together, but they don't have any software that optimizes over the couple. So also they're using you know, the assumptions even for the individual. So, <clears throat> so no, this is not okay. something, this is not good, you know, government okay. work is not good enough in this context. <laughs> There's something called the earnings test. Maybe describe what that is briefly, and you say it doesn't mean what you think. What, what are the people's misperceptions about the earnings test in Social Security? Well, let's say you're 62, you start taking your benefits, and then you start deciding you want to earn some money. If you earn more than about $15,000, they start taking away a dollar of benefits for every $2 that you earn. Now, what people don't realize is that when you reach full retirement age, Social Security bumps up your, the benefits that you've lost uh, due to the earnings test. And as long as you're still taking that benefit that you started with, it really is a wash. You know, you think that you're lost benefits, but they're going to give it to you in the form of a higher stream of income after full retirement age. On the other hand, if you were taking, for example, retirement benefit, and then you lost some of it due to the earnings test, and then at for retirement age, you flip to a widow's benefit. Well, they're raising your retirement benefit, but the widow's benefit is still actually larger, so uh, that's not going to help you. The fact that you've got this higher retirement benefit that you're not actually collecting doesn't mean anything for you. So we point out that the earnings test in some cases is a real tax on your benefits and on your working, and in other cases it's not. It's, again, and... Uh, our software calculates the earnings test and lets you see exactly what will happen if you earn different amounts of money in the future. And you think that may change, that the way the earnings test is done may change, meaning taxing more of people's earnings after they start collecting? They, make the, they may make the earnings test more um, rigorous. They, may, um, they could do a lot of things. I think the earnings test is just a uh, system that was set up at the initiation of Social Security around uh, 80 years ago in order to force the elderly out of the workforce and not to tell them that it's kind of a For most people, the earnings test is just a wash. It's just um, unless they're desperate for money, anything they lose now is going to get paid back to them in the form of higher benefits starting for retirement age. So you have a system that's really a con job to force people into retiring leaving the workforce. And we need the baby boomers to stay in 
Right. This is not the right thing to encourage people to do now. We need them working still. The boomers are living so long, and also they're highly skilled compared to some people coming along. And there's a shortage among American companies. I think, you know, it's like 5,000 skilled jobs that are short every day, and 10,000 boomers are retiring every day. So you do the math. We're we're creating shortages of people, yes. Right. Very good. All righty. I'm going to take a break here. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Kotlikoff. His book is called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. Uh, there's a website related to that, which is getwhatsyours.com, no apostrophe. Also, he has webs, uh, a website with yeah, software I'm, to help I'm, you uh, figure wait, out wait, wait, your, can I back in about 10? your security. is maximizemysocialsecurity.com. We'll be back, back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Kotlikoff. He's the co-author with Phil Moeller and Paul Solomon of a book called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. And there's a website related to the book, getwhatsyours.com. And also we have software to help you figure out your Social Security benefits, which is at maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So you've got a chapter called Government Pensions and Windfall Penalties. What are some of the penalties involved if you have a government pension? So if you haven't worked, um, suppose you worked as a Massachusetts State teacher for the, you know, uh, you were a teacher in Massachusetts, you're covered by the Massachusetts State Teacher Pension. And that job is one in which uh, Social Security taxes were not deducted from your pay. So that's a job that was exempted from Social Security. But let's suppose you also, after a number of years, started working in a covered job. Uh, well, Social Security has this thing called the windfall elimination provision, which says that when you come to try and collect um, benefits based on your covered employment, maybe you work for 15 years 
in a regular Social Security tax-paying job, well, they're going to dock your benefit. They're going to reduce it. Uh, and if you had 30 years of substantial earnings, and substantial is like over 22000 bucks this year, uh, then, you know, a- after having left a, g- a government uh, teaching job or you did the teaching later, you had 30 years anyway, in that case, the windfall elimination provision is, is not effective. It, it's a zero. There's nothing, uh, no reduction. But otherwise, you're going to get hit by a uh, lower benefit. So that's... What, what was the zero. thinking behind this? The thinking was that your state is going to provide you a pension so you don't need to get it from Social Security? Yeah, the idea is not to allow people to double dip. Social Security has a progressive benefit formula. So if you only work a few number of years in the covered sector, you're going to appear to Social Security's benefit formula like you're a poor person, even though you might be a very high lifetime earner. So that was the thinking, uh, and it has to do with this kind of the screwy nature of the benefit formula. It's like a, a trying to fix up through the back door a formula that should never have been designed the way it was eons ago. So we're mm-hmm. stuck with this, you know, legacy design that needs to be changed. But anyway, you, you lose benefits through the windfall elimination provision. You also lose um, the benefits that you can collect on your spouse or your ex-spouse under what's called the government pension offset provision. So in this case you can lose up to two-thirds of your, well, if you have a benefit, let's say a spouse benefit of uh, maybe $1,000 a month coming to you, uh, but you're now hit by the government pension offset and your own uh, pension from the state, from the non-covered job, let's say is 3000 bucks, they'll take away two-thirds of your uh, they'll take away your Social Security benefit up to the up to two thirds of your pension. Now, two thirds of three thousand bucks is is two thousand bucks. Your uh, spouse benefit is only a thousand bucks in this example. In, which, in that case, they're going to wipe out your spouse benefit completely. So, the only way around to, to get around these two nasty provisions are to try and take your Social Security benefits before you start taking your uh, government, your non-covered pension. So, for uh-huh. example, if you could put off taking your non-covered, your state teacher's pension till 66, and you could take your retirement benefits starting at 62 from Social Security, then the windfall elimination provision won't kick in until you're 66. But you've locked uh, it in at 60, and you won't have to be hit by the penalty that way. Yeah, yes. but it doesn't. That only makes sense if you're if waiting till till 66 to collect your government your non-covered pension actually. Uh, makes sense in the sense that they actually are giving you a higher number because you waited. Otherwise, it it, it probably is not going to it's not going to make any sense to really wait because you'll give up more from the state pension than you'll actually get back from Social Security. So one has to be careful about that. Again, uh, the book talks about this, but uh, also the software can calculate all these things for you, so it doesn't have to be a guessing game. The whole thing is incredibly complicated, it really is, and I think most people don't have a clue about that. So we, you've yeah, got a chapter. Just, yeah, I would just say one thing. We have this yeah. uh, larger financial planning, lifetime financial planning software program called ES Planner, Economic Security Planner, that we've been marketing for years. The, the code in, our, in that program for Social Security is longer than the code, the computer code for the entire federal income tax. Social <laughs> Security is more complicated than the federal income tax by that measure. 
Is there any move to simplify it or improve it, Social Security? Well, I have a proposal at the purple socialsecurityplan.org uh, website, which I put up to try and tell, suggest to these candidates, and there seems to be more every coming out of the woodwork every minute, uh, how to fix Social Security, how to fix the banking system, how to fix the tax system, how to fix uh, um, the health care system, because all these systems have been designed by politicians and not by economists, or politicians with economists who are who've been um, converted into being politicians. So we have the most uh, you know, bureaucratic, uh, inefficient social insurance programs and tax programs and a banking system that's uh, structured, uh, still structured to, to collapse at any moment, the way uh, it's run with immense leverage and opacity. Nobody can tell what anybody's investing in. So... It could not be more poorly designed because it's not been designed at all with any economics input, as far as I can tell. So this website, thepurpleplans.org, details all the plans that I think, if I were running the country, I would try and implement. Uh, But many economists have endorsed these plans, including many Nobel laureates. So I would recommend that people take a look at thepurpleplans.org. They may be there, but there's no political uh, traction to make any of these things happen in reality. Is that what you're saying? Not yet, but one of, you know, there's so many candidates. They need platforms. A few of them have already called me. I've been pushing them to take a look at these web- this website and to adopt those plans as their plans. So who, who knows? It might actually... I mean, uh, one thing that people have heard about, remember with Al Gore and the, the lockbox and all that, is that correct, that the money from Social Security, the, the surplus is being used to make the actual deficit look less than it is, and someday that'll reverse? That we, you know, the idea of the lockbox is a good one? You know, the, uh, there was a guy named John Mitchell who was the former attorney general for, uh, for Nixon. He went yes. to jail for perjuring himself, but he had this line. I think this may be the only thing that he said that was honest, which is that liars, figures lie and liars figure. What we need to do is look comprehensively at all the obligations the government has to pay, all the expenditures projected into the future, and all the taxes. And this whole discussion of lockbox or not is off the mark. What we really need to do is ask, can the path of revenues that we project cover the path of expenditures that we're about to be, we're engaged in doing through time? And in the U.S. case, we're about 58% short. In other words, the revenues need to be 58% higher starting today and forever in order to cover that expenditure path. So whether or not Social Security under some you know, very partial, limited accounting, fallacious accounting uh, analysis looks okay or, or bad for the next couple of years. The whole system is broke. And if you do Social Security's analysis by itself correctly, as the trustees did just in, well, the, the actuaries of the trustees um, in the trustees report, which just came out last week on in Table 6F1, you will find a Table 6F1 in the appendix that shows the system is 33% underfinanced. It's there in black and white, but they've hit it way back in the appendix to keep the public from understanding how broke the system is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have about a minute to go. So just kind of sum up, it was all very negative, but in, in fact, the reality for individual people is if they do it right, they can get much higher benefits than they think otherwise possible. So just kind of sum up the possibilities of what people can learn from your book to get better Social Security benefits. Well, 
there's, again, 10 different benefits that people may be eligible for, not just a retirement benefit. And in order to get everything that is coming to you, you have to be knowledgeable about how things work and strategic about the timing of when you take things and also be patient uh, to the extent you can. So Get What's Yours is a guidebook, a humorous, funny, laugh-out-loud guidebook. Jane Pauley thinks it's funny. Jane Brian Quinn thinks it's funny. Everybody who's read it gets a, a good laugh at it because we make fun of the system. And, uh, but at the same time, we teach people along the way what they have to work, look out for. The book, in, in combination with the software, I think will arm people for when they go talk to Social Security. And as we were talking just now in this interview, I got an email, came across, I saw it, where people, somebody at Social Security, again, gave people the wrong advice. So it's very yeah. important to, to not... Well, you, you may laugh first, but then you have to cry, I guess, for a while. Don't surrender. So. If, if we say something, you can get something, it's true. Very um, good. All right, we have to end, unfortunately. So thank you so much. My guest this hour has been Larry Katlikoff. His book, again, is called Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. Uh, the website for the book, getwhatsyours.com, with no apostrophe. Uh, the software that he's designed to help you figure out your correct Social Security benefit is maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Larry. We really enjoyed it. Anytime. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next